Ladies and gentlemen, your conference call is about to begin. Uh, first, I'd like to apologize. Uh, we had some experience some technical issues getting a hold of our speaker today, and we'll be underway shortly. Uh, uh, the call will be extended uh, an additional 10 minutes or so to accommodate time difference. And here is your moderator, Ms. Marilyn Stern. Thank you, Joanne. Welcome, everyone. I'm Marilyn Stern, Communications Coordinator for the Middle East Forum. We'll be briefed on today's topic, Syria's post-ISIS future, by our guest speaker, Professor Hillel Frisch, a professor of Middle East Studies at Bar-Ilan University and senior researcher at the Begin Sadat Center for Strategic Studies in Israel. Syria's Bashar al-Assad remains in power, thanks to Russia and Iran, which is closer to establishing a land bridge reaching the Mediterranean. While the U.S. role in the region has diminished, are tensions emerging between the victors as they vie to fill the vacuum ISIS leaves behind. Professor Frisch will give us his perspective on the relationship between the victors who are determining Syria's post-ISIS future and what this means for the region. Professor Frisch? Hi. Um, I, I would like to, to point out maybe the most important thing is that the United States... Um, basically, by helping to defeat the Islamic State, um, inadvertently helped its competitor Russia and its foe Iran, um, who would have who would have defeated the Islamic State and spent considerable um, blood and treasure to do that, simply because the Islamic State is a far greater threat to them than it is to the, United, to the United States. Incidentally, this is very similar to the problem in Afghanistan as well. I mean, in Afghanistan, um, the United States is there, but it's a far more serious threat to China because they have a tremendous m Muslim minority, which is also geographically concentrated. And, of course, there's India, so why not allow other powers to, um, do, the to do the job? Um, so... That was basically the major point that I made in the article that aroused your interest. Um, Iran is clearly much more threatened by the Islamic State and Sunni Islamic fundamentalism, uh, simply because its because its ally Iraq um, faces that kind of insurgency, and it also has a sizable and problematic. Sunni um, Islamic population and Russia. Russia has a, a problem in in in, Chich in Chechnya, um, and and Muslims account for ten to fifteen percent of the Russian population, and they're cre increasing um, given the low fertility rates for for um, Christian or nominally Christian um, Russians. So they would have done they would have done the job. And this way, um, basically, the United States solved the problem. Now, you could say, but, but, but the United States was fighting the war of terror um, to protect Americans. But when I look at the statistics, both in terms of numbers and my qualitative analysis, it seems that the Department of um, Preventive um, of Homeland Security um, does a great job in preventing um, foreign ter terror. Um, uh, between 9-11 to the present, 119 
um, Americans have been killed by jihadist attack, attackers. That's about the number of homicides annually, annually in Washington, D.C. alone. But all of them, and, and that, this is really cr- crucial, were homegrown individuals who carried out their attacks with the help, uh, without the help of jihadists abroad. So it means that the Department of Homeland Security has been very, has been very effective. And even when the Islamic State arose, there were more home, there were more attacks by, by local um, American jihadists. That's true. But, but, but there was no link. There was no organizational link between, between um, the two. So, um, that was a problem. Now, now, um, there was there was one useful purpose to the Islamic State. It's it's very hard to to state that, and and Israel certainly can never state that, um, given given the kind of feelings that people correctly have against the Islamic State. But it temporarily the Islamic State temporarily destroyed the Shiite crescent that dominated the Iranian, Iraqi, Syrian, Lebanese expanse that you talked about, and which showed its clout in the showdown between the Hezbollah camp in Lebanon against the Sunni Christian Alliance in May 2008. Um, now, and now the, the Crescent has reemerged. For a while, for a while it, 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 it seemed um, with an attack, a very effective airstrike by the United States, in September um, of this year, uh, is that that the United States was going to act with its Kurdish allies to prevent the reemergence of of um, this uh, of of this crescent by when it attacked Syrian forces moving south towards the Iraqi border with their Hezbollah allies, but somehow that this was this strike was one time only. And soon afterwards, and soon afterwards, the, the um, Iranian-backed um, militias um, in in Iraq, in Iraq, who are pro- which are probably more um, powerful than the Iraqi federal um, army, uh, moved up north, and the, and the linkage has been made, and now it's and now it's um, seemingly seemingly. Um, Permanent. So the the that that crescent, which was temporarily um, severed by by the advances of the of the Islamic State, is now back as a rea- as a reality. Now Syria has not fully recovered. Um, it, we, we can't we can't say that Syria is what it used to be. There are large swaths of Kurdish territory there's a territory a very geographically strategic territory south of the turkish border very close to ladakia which is the center of alawite syrian um, power um, that is dominated by the turks where the turks basically support the remnants of um, al-qaeda Jabhat al-Nusra um, fighters under a different name, and I won't I won't name them because it just it just arouses um, con- confusion. And in the south, 
there there is still a presence of of um, jihadists along the Golan, not too far away um, from the uh, the Golan. Now, ostensibly, um, this is good news for the United States and Israel, but that's not quite the case because this makes Syria more dependent than ever on Iran that contributes both manpower and money to the regime. And, and that's the key difference between Iran and Russia. Russia contributed air power, but that was it. The Iranians are a much more important ally to the Syrian regime. Now, when the, the, when the balance of power between Syria and Iran was more even, um, before the before the Arab Spring and before the Syrian civil war, at least Syria maintained a quiet front along along the, the uh, along the Golan Heights. Now it's true that of course they supported Hezbollah and its terrorist terrorist attacks against Israel, but at least they kept they kept that border um, peaceful. Uh, this. This um, is no, it might no longer be the case, and um, this is what has basically brought Israel um, to set red lines um, and uh, to pr- and and to engage in preemptive ta- uh, attacks against the Syrian regime because it fears, and probably rightly so, that the Iranians that the Iranians who also have um, militias. Um, foreign, foreign Shiite militias within Syria um, to to create a balance, to create a threat to Israel along the northern along the northern border. Now Israel has set red lines: no import of missiles that can change the balance the balance of power. Attacking Iranian military personnel, including generals who have attempted to create bases near the Golan Heights. Um, prevent missile and ammunition production centers, and the creation of naval bases. Um, that hasn't occurred yet, so there has been no strike against the naval bases, but there will be. But the most important element in the Israeli stra- strategy, basically, is to get the international system used to, used to the fact that Israel will strike, um, uh, will strike uh, against to prevent these moves. Now, Israel has never requested the other allies, U.S. troops, as tripwires or defenders, as, the, as they are in Europe and as they, as they are, in, um, of course, in South Korea and in, in Japan. Um, and hence, Israel's preemptive policies towards what is going on in Syria. Um, but it would like to see, although it could never publicly acknowledge this, to see the United States from abstaining um, from fighting the Islamists uh, in Syria, leaving the problem for the Syrian regime and its Iranian and Russian allies. And this would be useful for both the United States and Israel because it would keep them preoccupied, uh, preoccupied on that front rather than attempting, which they are any, in any event, to encircle Israel with murderous proxies in Lebanon, southern Syria, and supporting Hamas and, and Islamic Jihad in Israel's um, south. Uh, instead of, of allowing its foes to free ride on United States um, help, the United States instead, of course, should back up its allies, the Syrians and the Iraqi, the Syrian and Iraqi Kurds, the moderate Sunni states, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and Gulf states, 
And my final point would be that it would be very helpful if the United States would make a clear statement that it will not tolerate, tolerate um, an Iranian naval presence in Syria and make it clear that the United States will attack, will attack um, its foreign proxies if they remain on Syrian territory. Now, what I mean by attack is missile attacks. I'm sure Israel has sufficient intelligence, probably the Americans have it alone, to attack these, these forces. They've done it in the past, and it was very, very effective, and it will create um, a, a great incentive um, amongst the Iranians to, to withdraw, withdraw, these, um, withdraw these forces. That's probably all the points that I would like to make um, at the present. Um, Okay, thank you, Professor Frisch. Uh, Joanne, would you like to introduce um, how to call in to our question line for our callers? Please note uh, that when there are no questions in the queue, the moderator will ask a question. And to join the question and answer session queue, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. That's star 1 on your telephone keypad. And if you wish to identify yourself when your line has been unmuted, please do so. Please remember, if you have your phone on mute, please take it off mute when you're selected to ask your question. Again, to join the question and answer session queue, press star 1 on your telephone keypad. I see there are no callers in the queue. Uh, I will ask a question of Professor Frisch. Uh, Professor Frisch, you mentioned about the last point, that uh, the concern about any naval uh, any naval bases or any naval presence that would be um, escalating any of the um, tensions there. The um, Putin has achieved his goal of preserving Assad's government and as well as Russia's ports and their bases in Syria. Um, with Russia and Iran being uh, allied in this effort, uh, is there any possibility that Russia would lean more towards Iran in any assistance or in um, creating any kind of a concern with the bases that Russia has as far as any hostilities escalating there on Iran's behalf? I, I think that um, I, I mean I think the most important aspect would be would Russia um, try retaliating if 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 the United States or Israel really prevented that kind of um, Iranian naval presence? Um, the, Russia and Iran are allied. I mean, they're allied against the United United States, but there's also tremendous tension between the two. Basically, um, the, the, the Russians want a weak Syrian government and, and, and some kind of federal solution that would accommodate the demands, the, the demands of the Sunni um, Syrians and, and placate and, and preserve, of course, the physical security of the Alawite minority, who are a, trim, are a very, very small minority and very, very low fertility um, rates. Um, on the other hand, um, they want a weak Syrian state 
but they want a strong Syrian army. The, the, the Iranians, exactly the opposite. The Iranians want a strong, a strong um, Syrian state. They don't want to accommodate the Sunni majority at all, um, but they want a weak Syrian army. They want a weak Syrian army, just as in Iraq, because they want to control, they want to effectively mili- control militarily um, Syria so that they can build up this front against, um, uh, against Israel. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, they also, um, for them, for them, it's, it, they believe that if they don't accommodate the, the Sunnis, they'll have less of a backlash than than the Russians think that they they will have with their own um, with their own problem in in, in Chechnya. Uh, so I I I think I I I think the Syrians I think the Russians. Will not will not be in, will not get involved um, in 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 any kind of strike against uh, against Iran because they want to keep Iran at bay in Syria uh, in Syria as well. The, the problem for the United States is assessing um, is is assessing the danger. Of the of the Soviet of the Russian pre- presence in 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 um, in Syria, I I I I I tend to think that it's over that it's overrated. Um, I think uh, I I really don't think that Putin that Putin truly believes that that he can restore superpower status um, for 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 Russia. And um, uh, basically, because the Russian economy and it's, the Russian economy is about the size of the Italian economy, and they have a tremendous problem just ruling over their vast their vast lands with a, with a declining demogra- demographic um, um, populate with a declining population. Um, I, I think I think he looks at Syria at Syria as as a as a symbol that 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 Russia does is a regional power and and would like to would like to um, show some kind of uh, uh, that it has some kind of offshore power. I mean, this is this is a game that France plays to a certain uh, certain extent. I, I mean, the French do this. I don't think that they have any. Uh, so I I, I don't. I, I think the Iranian the Iranian threat is much is much more immediate, greater um, than than the Russian threat. Well, as a follow up to your point, if there was a situation, as you said, now it's in play between who wants a uh, a weak Syrian state and a strong Syrian army versus the opposite from uh, Iran's preference. If Iran should um, press its advantage, would do you think Russia, if having to choose, would exercise its power to restrain Iran, or would it just step back? It. it um if you if you want to advantage with its with its military um infiltration into into the um into Syria, 
Is that something if Russia had to choose um, to to just stay out of it or to exercise whatever restraints it can again, uh, on Iran? What do you think would occur? I, I, I think that it will try operating against a naval presence because that's because that's complicated for for the uh, for the Russians. Um, I don't think I, I, I don't think that they're going to move against um, against Iranian at, uh, attempts at, at um, um, basically creating bases along the Golan the Golan uh, the Golan Heights. Um, they won't prevent Israel from moving against that, but they won't prevent the Iranians um, from doing so. So I think the coastline and the Alawite territory of Ladakia, I think they l l perceive that as a Russian sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. But what the Iranians do elsewhere, checking, checking the Kurds, checking the the Turks who, who, who with whom they are in alliance, but they're also in competition, that they won't they won't um they won't get get involved what they want that's why they want the weak syrian state because they want they basically want uh, um an enclave for them on the on the on 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 the syrian coast and and one of the reasons why the iranian the iranians want a strong uh, a stronger um syrian syrian state is that um they they would like that state to prevent too much of an uh, of a russian enclave so um it's 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 complicated but i don't think that either side will will move to the point of creating you know real friction in 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 in, in checking the other against any of the other competitors including of course israel Thank you. Well, I see we have a few callers in the queue. Joanne, would you please introduce them? Uh, yes, we'll go ahead and take our first caller now. And caller, if you wish to identify yourself, please do so when you hear your line has been unmuted. Thank you. Hello, hello. This is Linda Caro. Uh, I wonder if you could describe how Iran road to the Mediterranean factors into the broader regional picture here. Well, I'm I'm really not not hearing you very well. Um, could the moderator um, sort of repeat the I'll, I'll repeat the question? question. Yeah, she was asking how the road to the Mediterranean from from Iran factors into the region and its impact on the region. Uh, it 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 would impact um, in the sense that it would be another threat, uh, considerable threat, to um, the moderate uh, Sunni states, Egypt, um, certainly Jor Jordan. It would be, it would be perceived uh, as a threat by um, by countries weak weak countries like Greece. Um, probably Italy. Um, so th there would be there would be um, uh, opposition opposition to it. Um, but the Egyptians would, by international law, they couldn't really do much much about it, preventing the movement of um, warships 
from Iran to um, to 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 the naval to the naval base, and this would leave probably the, the only state that would act um, to prevent that would be Israel. And um, then there's a, there would be a fear that that could be a causes belly for a war between Israel and um, and and Iran. I, I hope I explained Miss um, Caro's question adequately. I, I think she also was inquiring about the process of the land bridge itself, and uh, if that has if that is, can be interrupted at all. I know that there's some um, interruptions from the Kurds and from other militia groups, but whether they have mm-hmm. any impact on interrupting that, I don't uh, know. Okay, I thought you... Or okay. It, oh, no, absolutely, absolutely not. Um, there is no force, and, and that's why the, that's why the Ameri- that's why um, President Trump probably decided that there was going to be no follow-up, because he probably felt that it would require um, uh, boots on the ground, and that's simply simply not in the cards. You could probably explain that to me better, being being in the United in the United States. But there is absolutely no force, no counter force to um, the size and quality of, of of the Iraqi militias on the on the Iraqi border, and many of them are already in Syrian territory, and to Hezbollah and and Syria. The Kurds. <laughs> the Kurds are very worried. The Syrian Kurds are very worried about holding their own, um, in maintaining their maintaining their territorial hold rather than even preventing that kind of uh, that kind of linkage. It was only the Americans that that could have conceivably have done that. And, and no, there's 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 no way that that can that can be prevented. That's that's a reality. Okay. That Israel and the United States have to live with. Mm-hmm. Okay, and our next question. And caller again, if you would like to identify yourself, please do so. Please begin asking your question when you hear your line has been unmuted. Thank you. Hi, uh, I'm William Pike. How does Turkey fit into this equation? Uh, how how do they feel about? Uh, Iran's land bridge to the Mediterranean, uh, or Russian influence. Uh, you didn't mention them. Are they neutral, or do they have a vested interest? They would, again, they wouldn't want it, but they're, going to, they're not going to do anything to prevent it. Um, the Turkish, the, the Turkish armed, armed um, forces basically um, have to deal with the Kurdish Problem in eastern in in, in eastern in southeastern Turkey, um, and they're committed, of course, to the, the jihadists and to the uh, to other Islamic groups who congregate congregate in 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 this area called Idlib in in, in Syria. Um, their navy is pretty weak, and and they won't do anything to to prevent. To prevent the the Iranians, they they wouldn't like it, but but they'll do nothing to to pre, to prevent it. Thank you. Go ahead, Joanne, with our next question. We'll take our next caller now. Go ahead, please. 
Hi, um, Professor. Uh, my name is Janet Durflinger. Um, I'm kind of taking the discussion in a slightly different direction. Um, Mordecai Kadar wrote that the day that Assad won the Syrian civil war would be <laughs> would be the day that the final nail was was put, inserted in the coffin of Europe because it would mean that the Sunni refugees could never go home, and there would be you know pressure for them to emigrate to places like Europe. But it sounds like that's not really determined yet. It's something that's being being worked out between uh, Iran and Russia. So do you do you do you have an opinion about this issue? Well, um, I, I I I never heard that idea of of Kadars. Um, I, I I think that the um, that the Europeans have the wherewithal to prevent. Um, immigration, if they if they really want, and and if the numbers would would really become gargantuan, believe me, they have the resources, the know-how, and 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 and, and they would they would do it. Um, I I think that most of the most of the refugees. Would like to come back. Would like to come back to Syria, and um, I think the Syrian regime would do a lot to to try being attract uh, uh, to to attract some of them some of them back. So I, I don't think it's it's not the nail in the European coffin. I mean, we have to remember it, it, the Europeans number 345 million, and there are around four million re- ref- refugees, many of them. Still in 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 Syria. So you, you know it's it's a proportion that that w- wouldn't necessarily mean the death the death of um of of, of Europe. One can't one can't um one can't exaggerate. Um, but but it, it will be it will be complicated. Um, but I, I, I really, I, I really haven't addressed uh, addressed this um, this issue. Um, refugees can, I, I mean, the Europeans will do a lot to make it livable, even if they don't return to Syria, to make it to make their lives more or less livable in 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 Lebanon, in Jordan, um, to prevent to prevent that kind of mass emigration. Uh, and certainly, Jordan is a country. That has always accepted refugees in in return for um, subventions and aid and foreign aid. So um, if 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 um, the Jordanians will keep their Syrian refugees, if if there's sufficient aid aid for forthcoming, and I, I'm sure that the Europeans will dole out from their pockets um, to prevent another exodus. Of the type that they saw in 2015 to, to um, in the beginning of 2016. Thank you, Professor Frisch. We have one more caller in the queue as we're approaching 2:40. So, Joanne, please introduce him. Caller, please begin speaking when you hear your line has been identified. Go ahead, please. Hi, uh, this is Robert Lewitt. Uh, we have talked only very little about Jordan and Iran's designs on Jordan. It 
you know, the question I have is whether, uh, uh, you know, how significant those designs are and whether that would not, you know, their um, uh, uh, interest in Jordan isn't so inflammatory to bring in the Saudis, you know, in the Gulf states and to make a, a major conflagration in the Middle East. Um, Jordan is 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 a clearly one of the most anti-Iranian states. I mean, after Bahrain, and Jordan is firmly firmly in the moderate Sunni state alliance against Iran, um, and and they do a lot um to uh, to try um preventing um the extension of iranian influence um the iranians the iranians have a problem i mean they have imperial they have imperial um objectives and they would like to weaken um arab states but so far they've only been able to, uh, really to weaken those arab states that have sizable shiite Populations. There are no Shiites in Jordan. I mean, there there might be a few, uh, you know, hundreds or maybe a thousand or two, and they probably and they most probably keep keep their Shiism a secret. I mean, but but uh, but Jordan is a thoroughly um, Sunni country. I mean, ninety five or ninety six percent Sunni. So um, and 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 basically, the Iranians have no ability to deploy force force um, uh, um, abroad. They can only they can only work through proxies. So I I I I think I I, um, I, I think that um, Jordan can hold its own can hold its own. Um, against Iran, basically the only the only country in the world that has real uh, capability of of deploying of, of deploying for, forces far away from its border is is the is the United States, and it certainly isn't it certainly isn't Iran, and Iran has a very low fertility, um, and and they're very very reluctant to commit their own people to the fight. So they get Shiites from Afghanistan <laughs> and, all, and 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 poor Lebanese um, Shiites. Um, so I, I, I think um, I, I think that um, Jordan feels threatened, and and it will join forces with Israel to 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 try preventing the reemergence of the of the, of the, of the emergence of a of a sort of a Shiite Iranian front uh, along the Golan, but um, I don't think that I, I don't think that um, it, it, that Jordan is um, threatened. I mean, J- Jordan's Sunni Sunni um, identity is is very clear, and the population would be behind the, the king at least against Iran. Thank, thank you, Professor Frisch. We've come to the end of our extended time today. The Middle East Forum extends its thanks to Professor. Professor Frisch for being so accommodating with our technical difficulties and to our participants for calling in. This concludes our conference call.